What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Combo Church Podcast. My name is Craig. And my name is Kara, and we are the lead pastors of Combo Church. If you are listening on combochurch.com, iTunes, or Spotify, make sure you subscribe, follow, and like. We love it when you share with your family and friends, and we would love it if you could leave us a great review. Our prayer for you is that the message today will inspire purpose, encourage life, and build faith in you. Enjoy Enjoy the the message. message. Well, hey, y'all ready for the, y'all ready to open up your hearts and, and your Bibles today? You ready for the word? We have, a, we have a very special guest is with us today. Uh, Pastor Miguel De La Moore is with us, and we're excited about it. I'll tell you what, just, just a, a quick history. He has, he has been in this area just a little bit longer than, than Kara and I have. And when we got here, um, he, he, not too long into it, reached, he reached out to me. And, uh, and so for us, just you need to know that was important. He's uh, served our city and our region uh, through Grace Church for about three and a half years, and, and God has opened up a, a fantastic uh, opportunity, and his family's moving to the Chicago area uh, to be working as a campus pastor and teaching pastor at Willow Creek Community Church. And, and, uh, and so, uh, Pastor Miguel, man, you have been such an encouragement to us being new to this area and coming and not knowing anybody. Uh, you've given us wisdom, you've given us encouragement, and uh, you've, you've hyped up Convo Church, even from a distance, you know, he'll tell you, like, you know, some of y'all don't even know about this, but, like, you know, us giving out Chick-fil-A on our launch day. You're trying to figure out, that was a Sunday, right? Yeah, God works miracles, and that's just how it, that's just how it happens. But anyway, I don't want to take any more of his time. Can y'all do me a, a favor and get on your feet and welcome the man of God as he comes to give the word this morning? Pastor Miguel, go for it, baby. Love you, buddy. <laughs> man, love it. Yeah, I reached out to Craig some time ago, and, and, and he reached down to me. Gave me a big old bear hug, man. He gives really good hugs. So I <laughs> really appreciate it. And he's got great shoes. You got great shoes, man. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, my name is Miguel, and uh, so good to be with you today. Um, and, yeah, I'm one of the pastors at Willow Creek, and uh, really excited to be joining Willow Creek. Uh, just a few weeks, I'm going to be flying my family out. And uh, But let me introduce the most important people in my life, my family. Um, I am a husband of 15.3 years, and uh, there's so much I can say about my wife. But let me just say this. There is no one on the planet who's had a greater influence or impact in my life than my wife. Um, I am truly blessed to be married to her. Um, and as you can see, I'm also a father of five. Five, you know, I'm just saying the Bible says be fruitful and multiply. So just fully obey scripture, right? So, uh, yeah, five kids. I got four girls and my only begotten son. Um, and, yeah, it's a, a church joke, you know. I worked hard on that. So, so uh, yeah, so I got five kids. You know what's crazy is that I always get a reaction from people when I say five. I go, yeah, I got five kids. And they're like, whoa, five kids. I'm like, yeah, I just want to build the kids' ministry. This is like the best strategy I've got. So it's just five kids. You know? And so people often ask, man, what is it like? What is it like having five kids, five kids? And I'm like, man, I don't know. I can describe it a lot of different ways, but I once heard someone describe it this way. They said, imagine yourself drowning. And then someone hands you a baby. 
Seriously, no. <laughs> no, but, but no, all kidding aside, I mean, um, it, it's tough raising kids, but my kids are so active, right? They're so active. They love playing outside, and, and playing outside with my kids, is, it's really like, um, like nonstop lessons on how to not injure yourself. You know, it's just, hey, stop, you know, don't climb, don't do backflips off the tree right now. Like, get off the building. You know, it's all those kinds of things. You're just active, right? And it's great. And, and, and so I'm often trying to teach my kids about kind of the boundaries of what they can and can't do. But I think um, for me, and I, I want to say every parent at some point or another, you know, they wanna, we want to cross the street maybe or, or, or cross over to the other side, wherever we're at. And, and what we tend to do is we'll, we'll say, hey, hold, hold daddy's hand, right? Um, or, or if you're a parent, you say, hey, hold, hold my hand. Come on. And they hold your hand and, and they kind of now feel confident crossing over, right? Hold my hand, baby. And, and just like us parents, our Heavenly Father will often lead us into different experiences and seasons of our life. And He'll say, Hey, hold my hand. And we need to trust that God has this all under control as He leads us to the, to the other side from where we are to where God wants us, wants us to be. And in Mark chapter 4, that's where we're going to be. Turn your Bibles, turn on your Bibles to Mark chapter 4 because Jesus and his disciples, they're finishing a Jesus conference. Right? He's been preaching all day long, all day long. And at the end of the day, this is where we pick up Mark 4 verse 35. He says this. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. To the other side. See, listen, there is an other side to every season of our life. You might be dating, soon to be on the other side of being engaged and soon to be married. You may be married and soon to be on the other side of having children and having kids of your own. You might be uh, leaving a job and soon to be on the other side of a new job. Or, or you might be a student and soon to be on the other side of being graduated, right? Or perhaps God is leading you to the other side of something that absolutely scares you. Maybe he's asking you to adopt a child. To give significantly. Uh, to break up with your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Yes, yeah, right. It's got, re- got real right there. Maybe he's leading you to quit your job and start something new. Maybe he's leading you to retire, sell your home and move, to to go into full-time ministry, to start a church in Reno. Right, right? Maybe he's leading you to confront a friend or a family member, but there are so many different scenarios where God is leading us to the other side. And sometimes, let's be honest, it's just scary. It's hard. But regardless... uh, all of us, in, in, in some way or another, we're going to be led from one side of where we are to, to the other side where God wants us to be the, the next thing for us. But I'm going to be really, really honest with you. For many of us, following God to the other side doesn't actually happen. We, we, we just refuse it. We see it and we go, nope, I'm out, I'm gone, see ya, I'm done. And so what happens is that our faith remains where it is. We don't stretch, we don't go, we don't go to that next level. We just stay right here safe and comfortable. That's where a lot of us want to be and we do all we can to stay in that place. So I got this 
illustration I want to show you, okay? I'm basically showing you my journals over the last year, okay? This is where God has us, okay? This is us, okay? That's right. We all lost a lot of weight, okay? Um, and this is what happens, okay? I'm going to describe it real quick for us. We have this view of God, okay, and this view of self, okay? This is view of self down here, all right? And what we do is when we are trying to get to this other side, when we choose to live, this is what's called the, the comfortable, comfortable life, okay? When we choose to live the comfortable life, our view of God doesn't change and our view of self doesn't change. And when the result of that happening is a faith that just plateaus. Plateaus, okay? This is the plateau faith. This is the plateau faith life. And this is the result is just living this plateau faith experience. It just remains the same, right? It's just the meh life. That's what it is. This is the experience. When God's leading us to the other side, we're like, oh, I can't. It's not, I just want to be safe. I just want to be comfortable here. But see, Jesus in this passage, just this one verse that we just read, Jesus was telling his disciples. He was telling them, we're going to the other side. It actually wasn't really up for discussion. It really wasn't. He said, let's go to the other side. He didn't say, hey, can we, can we meet about this first? He didn't say that. He said, let's go to the other side. Here was the challenge, though, for the disciples in the context of what was going on here. On the other side of the Sea of Galilee, where they were on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, on the other side was Gentile territory. That's not where good Jewish people go. Right? This is not a good place. They would have known this. And in fact, exactly where they were on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, directly across would have been the region of the Gerardines. It was a cemetery. We've heard horror stories about that place. You don't go there. Jesus, this is a bad idea. This isn't good. We don't go to places like that. No way, Jesus. Not this area, not this area, not this territory, not that place. We, we need to circum, let's avoid it. Let's just do day two of the Jesus conference. Like, you, you see what I'm saying? Like many of us, listen, we make every excuse not to follow God where he is leading us. So we, we find excuses when we don't have it, right? It's just uncomfortable. It's just it's scary. I don't think we can do it. No one's ever done this before. That's crazy. I mean, we don't have the budget. We don't have the time. We don't have the volunteers. We don't have the building. We don't have the location. We don't have what we, we just can't. You're, 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 you're going crazy right now, Jesus. We just can't do that. You see, and, and what we do is, listen, we end up talking ourselves out of following Jesus because often where God is leading you and where God is leading me, we often already know what it's going to cost. And so what happens is what? We know what it's going to cost and we realize, listen, that it's going to be painful. So write this down if you're taking notes. Listen, the difference between where I am and where God wants me to be is the pain I'm willing to endure. 
I'm just saying that, listen, listen, I'm not, I'm not a prophet or anything. I've just done this a few times, and I come to the realization that so often the difference, the difference between where I am in my life and where God wants me to actually be is the pain that I'm willing to endure. But for the disciples, listen, they, they, they don't even seem to hesitate. They, they just get in the boat, and they begin to cross over, and here's what happened next. Watch. Mark 4, 37. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you even care if we drown? See, listen, if the disciples weren't worried about crossing over before, they certainly are now. This was a bad idea. You know what I'm saying? Like they're going, oh, this was a bad choice. Maybe, maybe we shouldn't have actually gone to the other side. And isn't that like us today? So often, the first sign of resistance we see as all of a sudden we're questioning everything. Nope, this was a bad idea. This was a bad choice. The first sign of resistance we get, we question it all. We start doubting it all. Maybe this isn't God's will. Maybe I shouldn't do this. Because why else would I be facing resistance? But notice this in the text. Notice this in scripture. The disciples are making the conclusion that Jesus doesn't care while they are in panic in the middle of their problem. Because that's what panic does. Panic pollutes our perspective. We can't see straight when we're scared. When emotions are high, judgment is low. But let's, come on now, let's get real. Can you blame them? I mean, here are the disciples in the middle of a storm, scared for their life, all because they decided to obey Jesus. Think about that. So yeah, they decided to obey and now this is what they get, a storm. So yeah, the disciples are a little frustrated that Jesus is asleep on a posturepedic pillow. Like I would be. What are you doing, Jesus? Come on, can you relate? I mean, some of us, I mean, we obey and follow Jesus, and the moment we do, our obedience is met with resistance. We leave Sunday at Convo. We go, man, I'm ready to obey God. I'm ready to serve. And the next day, something happens. The next day, you find out news about your family member. The next day you find out news from the doctor. Something takes place. And all of a sudden you're in the middle of a difficult situation because you decided to obey and now you're angry with God. This is usually the point people say, I'm done with church. See ya. Right? We're angry with God. Why did you lead me here, Lord? Where are you, Jesus? Do you not care? Why are you silent? Write this down. Because it is the one thing I believe that I've learned over and over again, especially in the middle of a pandemic. Write this down if you're taking notes. Just because Jesus is silent doesn't mean he's absent. Come on. Just because Jesus is silent, it does not mean he is absent. You see, what we tend to we, we, we do is we equate hardship with not of God. Do we get this, Americans? God bless the USA, but when things get hard for us, we think this is not of the Lord. Satan's attacking, right? We, we just go there. 
when we equate difficulty that with this not, must not be God's will because it's hard. Do you see how well, like we, we, that's how we put things together in our brain. So what do we do? We, we, we say, nope, sorry, we're going to avoid difficulty at all costs. We're going we're to throw in the towel too soon. We're going to stop too short. We're, 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 we're going to live far below our means of what we could ever accomplish for the Lord. And we refuse to go to the other side because it's just too hard. I'm just being honest with you. See, the disciples, see, they entered the storm. Think about this. They entered the storm, and they were commercial fishermen. They were, they were nautical navigators. They've been here before, and they try everything they know to do in their own strength to survive. They try everything. What do we do when our training is no match for the trial we're facing? Think about it. What do we do when the skills that we've acquired in our life is no match for the storm that we're in the middle in right now? What do we do when our life experiences is no match for the life-threatening situation that you and I find ourselves in today? In that moment, listen, lean into this. This is the realm we enter into called faith. Faith, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. You may have heard the scripture where it says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can move mountains. But listen very carefully. Without the mountain, there is no faith needed to be exercised. The mountain must be before us. The storm must be the thing that we're in for faith to be exercised. Without that, it is not a faith life. It is a comfortable life. Are you getting this? This is what we're talking about here. And once the disciples have exhausted all of their resources, all of their skills, everything they know to do, once they enter that reality, they finally turn to Jesus but they don't cling to Jesus. Instead, their attitude was to complain to Jesus. See, listen, that's often what happens when you're living the comfortable life. It often leads to the complaining life. The complaining life, okay? This is often the, the uh, progression that takes place. This is the complaining life. And this is where the disciples were. They started to complain. But here's what takes place in this process. We go from living comfortable, right, then things get hard. And what happens is in the complaining life, our view of God decreases. Our view of self increases. And the result, the result is this is what happens to our faith when we begin the complaining life. It begins to plummet. This is a complaining life. The result of it is a plummeting, plummeting faith. This is what happens. The complaining life. They go from the comfortable to the complaining. And they don't cling to Jesus when things get hard. They don't cling to him. What they should have done is cling to Jesus. They should have said, scoot over, Jesus, I'll be the big spoon. Come on now. That's what they should have done in the middle of a storm. Okay? A holy spooning for Jesus. That's what they should have done. 
<laughs> you're, don't write that. You're going to tweet that, quote that. <laughs> yeah. If you're just joining us online, my name is Pastor Craig. So good. So good to be with you. Today. All right. Okay. Okay. But this is what happens. We go from the comfortable life to the complaining life, and you're just mad. <laughs> don't you care about us, Jesus? Why, are you, why is this happening? What, what's going on? And we don't cling to Jesus. But listen real carefully. Who you cling to in your crisis is your Christ. Who you cling to in your crisis, that, my friends, is your Christ. We cling to so, so many things. And we look to it to save us, but it will not. So God allows us sometimes... Because of our stubbornness, God allows us to go through such dramatic moments so that our feeble attempts at saving ourselves is completely ruled out. And the only thing left for us to do is to cling to him. Which means this. The interruption of the storm is really just an invitation to cling to God. I know you might resist that at first. I get it. Because I, I, initially I go, oh, no, I don't think so. No. The interruption of the storm is actually an invitation to cling to God. Think about it this way. Think about every other category of our life, every, every other arena of our life. When we have a toothache, we call the dentist. When, when we see the, the, the engine light indicator on the dashboard of our vehicles, what do we do? We call the mechanic. When, when physical pain, you know, comes, it causes us to seek a doctor. And storms cause us to seek Jesus. Storms cause us to seek the Savior, Jesus. See, he will use the problems in our life to get us to seek his power and remind us of his promise. He used the storms to get the disciples to seek his power and remind them of the promise that they're going to the other side. Notice and understand this. Jesus did not say, let's go out on the water today. He didn't say, hey, let's go have a day at sea today. He said, we're going to the other side. The other side was the destination. The other side was the promise. The storm was just part of the process. So what happens? Let's keep reading. Your Bible's legit. Watch this. Mark 4, verse 39. He got up, this is Jesus, he got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. That's exclamations, I'm not yelling at you, I'm just reading the Bible. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Now watch this, they were terrified and asked each other, who is this even the wind and the waves obey him okay 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 this you you gotta watch something key just took place in that moment in this moment in this moment in the storm jesus calms the storm and the disciples were terrified who is this and in this moment something significant happens their view of god Okay, their view of God significantly increased. Their view of self significantly decreased. I mean, they've been through storms before as fishermen. They've handled some storms. Not like this. Who is this? 
that even the wind and the waves obey. And what's the result? Here's what happens to our faith, watch. Just like this. This is the Christ life. The result is a powerful, powerful faith. And you're just living it up. This is the Christ life. This is the powerful faith. In that moment, the disciples go, whoa, who's this? I had no idea who I was in the boat with. I mean, he was a good teacher and all up until, he, you know, like he had a good day at the conference. But Whoa. They were so, they were terrified. John 3.30, John the Baptist said it best. He says, he must become greater and greater. I must become less and less. Do you understand that dynamic? When that happens, you enter into a realm of powerful faith. It is what we call the Christ life. See, listen, it is as if we only have the faith of our previous experiences with God until God wants us to see him in a greater way. Then the storms come. Do you get this? Until all of a sudden he wants to see us in a greater way, then all of a sudden the storms come in. You see, because in that moment, in this moment with the disciples, in the storm, they see Jesus in a greater way much more powerful way that they otherwise would not have been able to see if everything was calm on the water that day. Which is usually what we pray. Lord, keep me safe today. Lord, allow everything to be calm and smooth. But how do we see God in a greater way without that? See, when, when God moves and removes all other things in our life to a point where we can only see Him, what we come to the realization of is that when Jesus is all you have, you realize he's all you need. When everything is removed, when things are falling apart around you, you realize Jesus is actually all you need. But can I go to like the 2.0 version of this? Can I do that? Okay. Yeah, you, you can handle it, I feel it, okay. There was so much more to this passage of scripture. See, everything I just said about your faith life and growing is true. But I actually learned something walking with God for some time and, and having to cross over to the other side a few times with the Lord and having to do this. I learned something. And you kind of don't learn it until like you have a little bit of life experience with this kind of stuff. And, and, and here's what I want to kind of, kind of present here today. What if the storm you are facing isn't even about you? Can you imagine? What if what God is leading us to next isn't even about you? See, listen, let's look back at the Bible, okay? What was on the other side? I mentioned it was the region of the Gerardines. It was a cemetery, Gentile territory. And in Mark chapter 5, it starts with them on the other side. You see, listen, there was a man on the other side who was possessed by a legion of demons, Okay, a Roman soldier legion was anywhere between 4,000 and 6,000 troops. So it's safe to say there was a lot of demons in this man. Who is this man? I don't know. He's unnamed in Scripture. But the Scripture says that night and day, this man was crying out. 
Someone save me. Help me, Lord. Can you hear me? He was crying out day and night. And as you you look at the context of Scripture, there were so many different people from all kinds of professions that tried to help this man, but nobody could. All hope seemed to be lost. Nobody was helping him. He was all alone, afraid, crying and fighting for his life. Except Jesus was on his way with the disciples. No, Jesus was on his way with his church. So in Mark 5, when Jesus arrives and he steps out of the boat, this man comes running and falls at Jesus' feet in a posture of worship for that moment. The man was in control, the human man. And then all of a sudden, the demons take over and, and they speak with a loud shriek. What do you want with us, son of the most high God? This man was fighting for his life. Then Jesus, he cast them out and and into a herd of pigs. He cast these demons out. These herd of pigs immediately ran down a steep bank and died. And now this man was in his right mind and, and completely healed. Now listen, many times in Scripture, Jesus would would perform a miracle on someone and what he would do is he would say, hey, don't tell anyone what you saw here today, right? But in this case, it was different. Jesus actually told the man to go and tell people all that God had done for him. And many theologians believe that this, this one man's testimony is what drew the large Gentile crowds that came later to hear Jesus Regardless, what we do know is that the good news about Jesus spread into this new territory and took new ground. And all that God had done for this one man. But here's where it gets real good. Listen. The area was called the Decapolis. Listen real carefully. One of those cities, it's a grouping of ten cities. One of those cities was a city called Damascus. And the word of God grew and and moved in such powerful ways. People were putting their faith and trust in Jesus in such powerful ways that it captured the attention of a man named Saul of Tarsus, a Pharisee. And on his way to go stop this movement called Christianity, Jesus met Saul on the road to Damascus. And Saul became Paul, the apostle one of the greatest missionaries ever, a bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ who wrote some a third or so of our New Testament. What if the storm you and I are in is not even about us? But instead it's just about this invitation to be a part of the greater story that God is inviting us into. What, 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 if, what if someone, listen, what if someone on the other side is counting on you to get through the storm? What if someone that God wants to bring into your life a year from now, five years from now, 20 years from now, is counting on you to get through this storm? Who's crying, who's bound, Lord, save me. Send someone, come on, Jesus. And he's going, I'm coming, I'm bringing my church. What if they're counting? to get through the storm? What if the storm isn't even about us? 
And now centuries later, we sit in a room in Reno, Nevada, Convo Church. And he's saying, go to the other side. Will you trust him to move, to go to the other side? Because it is only on the other side where great power happens for the sake of the gospel. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, dear God, would you give us the willingness and the strength to just obey and trust you. We know it's going to be scary. Lord, we know it might even be painful, but help us to trust you because you're in it with us. You're in the storm with us and you're leading us to the other side where new territory can be taken for the gospel. Lord, help us to trust and obey, to trust and obey. We love you and in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for joining us on the Combo Church Podcast. Special shout out to those who give so generously to Convo Church. It's because of you that this ministry is even possible. If you want to sow into the ministry, go to ConvoChurch.com and simply click the Give button. It's that easy. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, follow, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories and tag us at Convo Church. Thanks again for listening. And make sure you tune in to the next episode of the Combo Church Podcast.